0: The following audio drama is rated PG-13 for parental guidance.
1: Hello, this is Abigail Wall, the voice of Allie from the time travel search and adventure rescue, Sem Adventures Across Time. A story about finding courage and bravery as a young woman named Allie finds herself lost in the wrong place and time period, only to be rescued by a man named Sem, whose sworn duty it is to find and save others like her. Now, Allie will have to overcome her fears and join Sem on his daring rescues, back to the very dawn of civilization, to the shining but troublesome worlds of tomorrow, all in the hopes of one day returning home to her friends and family. In this episode, Ali has undertaken her first rescue with Sem, landing her face-to-face with the famous leader of ancient Greece, Alexander the Great. However, even as our two main heroes remain focused on finding their missing person, Ali learns that even history's mightiest king has fears of his own as mutiny and betrayal lingers behind closed doors. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy.
0: Chapter 13. The Greatest of Men and Kings You can take the goggles off now. Allie lifted the goggles away from her eyes. She was surprised to see it was still dark, and she was now standing at the base of the large palm tree she saw before. The landscape around her was illuminated by the whitewash of a full moon across a sea of palm trees and small, pointed bushes among the dry sand. Removing the goggles from her head, Allie looked up to the night sky and was glad to see the moon, realizing how much she had missed its ambient glow. Sim knelt and began rubbing the side of his leg. He was trying his best to keep his weight off it, only his limp was now more pronounced than it had been before they left.
1: You all right?
0: (sighs) Fine, Sim replied, resting his back against the palm tree. Turning around, Allie saw all that was left of the gateway they had passed through. A small, bright light, no bigger than a penny, remained suspended in midair.
1: Is that the Ark?
0: Yeah, that star's our only way
2: home. We'll have to make it back here with enough time,
0: said Sim. He slung his bag off his shoulder and began sorting through it.
1: So, where are we?
0: Asked Allie, looking around. I don't know.
1: Do you know the year?
0: Asked Allie as she knelt in the sand and felt the dry grains pass through her fingers. No, I don't. Replied Sim, sounding even more annoyed than before.
1: Where should we start looking, then?
0: Look! Shouted Sim. He threw the bag down in the sand next to the palm tree and pointed at her.
2: This isn't a fun, time travel field trip to enjoy,
0: alright? Allie dropped the sand in her hand and looked at him with a blank expression, unsure of what she'd said to set him off. Otto might like this
2: idea, or think it's just cute, but I don't. Matter of fact, I hate it. But if you're gonna help me find this person- Traveler. What?
1: You mean, missing traveler?
2: Yeah. Now, don't correct the guide while the guide is speaking. If we're going to find this missing traveler and get out of here in one piece, there are rules
0: we have to follow. All right, replied Allie as she wiped the remaining sand off her hands. One, we don't get involved in the
2: affairs of this world. We don't know how it could affect this world or its future. And for all we know, it could have terrible consequences. We are just here to find who we're looking for and get out before anyone notices we're here. Got it?
1: Got it.
0: Replied Allie with a nod and grin. Sim stared at her, his lips shaking. (sighs) Second. You mean two? Sim shot a cold, tense stare at her.
1: Sorry.
2: Two. You do everything I say when I say. If I say run, you run. If I say hide, you hide. If I say anything else, you had better do it like you're trying to earn a gold medal. And third, I mean three, don't talk to anyone. Let me do all the talking while you just stand there and smile. As a matter of fact, Don't talk to me, either. Got it?
1: Yeah, I think so.
2: You just broke rule number three. You're already off to a bad start.
0: Sim turned around and walked over to the palm tree. He knelt to look through his bag, struggling to bend his injured leg. Allie looked at him, unsure whether he was just joking or being serious. Or maybe both. Feeling she'd been made a fool of, Allie turned her back to his with her arms crossed, and mouthed his rules with mocking emphasis. Of course, they're buried at the bottom. Said Sim, pulling out the gold and silver bracelets he'd packed.
2: Here. Put this over your wrist communicator. Fits it so no one
0: will think anything of it. Or us.
1: Guess that's probably a good idea.
0: Allie slipped the bracelet on. Sim pointed down at the ground near her feet. All right. Now stay put. Said Sim, He reached into his bag again, pulling out a pair of binoculars. Allie stood by the palm tree and watched him as he made his way over to a small sand dune where he laid down and looked through the binoculars. She watched him, then took the time to observe the small orb of light from which they had entered. Pacing a full circle around the silver star, she could see it sat suspended in space, glowing brightly, without a single sound. She waved her hand through it. The light passed through her hand. She didn't feel anything. It remained unchanged, suspended in the space in front of her. Satisfied with her investigation, she watched Sim stare through his binoculars. She wandered over to him and laid down on her chest at his side. I said stay over there, said Sim without bothering to look at her
1: here sounded better,
0: Allie replied. Sim sighed. (sighs) There's a large caravan out there, following the river.
2: Looks like a couple dozen men on horseback, probably headed for that city over there. Best guess is they might have seen our naked friend, or he or she might have made their way there by themselves.
1: Mind if I take a look?
0: Asked Allie. Sim handed her the binoculars. He stood up from the sand and limped back over to the palm tree. Allie put the binoculars up to her eyes and peered out over the horizon. She could see a parade of men in the dark vision of the binoculars, all drowsily making their way through the desert. Some held spears and round bronze shields, while a few carried red banners, and others on horseback rode with their helmets off. Allie turned her view in the direction they were going. Off in the distance, she could see a large border of stone walls surrounding a vast city. To the north of the city stood a large, stone, three-tiered temple with gardens on each level, each of which was decorated with trees, vines, and shrubs in an array of colors. Waterfalls flowed from the top level on all four sides, cascading over the gardens below and weaving their way in and out of the temple. Allie lifted her eyes away from the binoculars. The warm orange glow of the sun was beginning to rise over the desert in a dark pink hue, allowing her to see the cool, sandy colors of the temple with her own eyes.
1: No way,
0: she said, laughing to herself looking through the binoculars again. What? asked Sim removing the goggles from over his head and placing them into the fabric bag.
2: There's no way! What? Please, share. I'm dying of suspense here.
0: Asked Sim with an edge in his voice.
1: You know which city that is, right?
0: Sim put the bag on the ground next to the palm tree and limped over to her.
2: No, O oh Great and Wise One. Please tell me.
1: That's the Hanging Gardens. Which means that's Babylon,
0: said Allie with a large grin on her face. The why?
1: That means we are in what would be present-day Iraq, formerly Mesopotamia, sometime between the year 600 BC and 200 BC.
0: She replied, laughing with excitement. Sim just watched her with a blank expression. She looked through the binoculars once more, eager to see more. Woo-hoo! Sim muttered, sounding unenthused.
1: How is it you travel across different time periods and don't know your history?
2: My expertise was spent on survival, not history. Besides, that wasn't my area of expertise.
1: Wow, my dad would have loved this. He wouldn't even believe me if I told him.
2: Well, when you're done with your historical sightseeing, put your goggles and the binoculars in the bag, and let's get moving. Some of us have a world to save.
1: Sorry, just. Babylon!
0: said Allie, standing up in her trance, unable to look away. She put the goggles and binoculars in his bag as she continued to stare out at the majestic view. Sim's communicator beeped repeatedly. He lifted the bracelet cover off and pressed the accept button on the screen.
1: You guys make it in one piece?
0: Asked Otto over the communicator.
2: Yeah, everything's just peachy, Otto. Real great. There's a local caravan on its way to a city nearby. It's Babylon!
0: Yelled Allie at his communicator in excitement. Sim pulled his communicator away from her.
2: Yeah, we're in Babylon, apparently. So we may follow the caravan to see if we spot our missing person. Uh, By the way, if this doesn't go well... I'm reserving my right to say, I told you so.
0: Sim pressed the send button and placed the cover back over his communicator.
1: Why don't we just ask them?
2: Because I hate being social. It makes me ill even to think about.
1: It would be faster.
0: Sim turned to her. Fine,
2: only if you agree to stay quiet. You've broken rule three 15 times already. We'll go ask if you'll just stay Quiet. Please.
1: You've been counting?
0: Allie thought for a moment, looking over at him, confused. Sim began marching towards the caravan with Allie trailing along behind.
1: Wait, how do you expect to do that? They probably speak Akkadian, or some other ancient language.
0: I don't
2: have to know Akkadian. There's an earpiece attached to your communicator. Pull it out and put it in your ear. It'll translate anything you hear and vice versa.
1: What? No way!
0: Replied Allie, lifting the cover off her wrist communicator. Imitating Sim, she pulled the small, clear, plastic earpiece out from the side of her red communicator and looked at it in her hand.
1: <sighs> oh, that's impossible! Okay, well, I guess I used to think a world in the sky was not possible, so today's just another day for firsts, but... How do you guys pull that off?
2: Merrick, he has a gift for creating new technology. Was a gift for saving his life way back when. They'll never know we don't speak Babylonian.
1: Akkadian,
0: said Ali as she put the earpiece in her ear. Yeah,
2: Acadendia, or however you say that.
1: Shouldn't we take the bag with us?
2: Not worth the risk. Now come on, and
0: remember. Sim stopped and pointed at her. Allie raised her hands up at her sides.
1: I know, I know. Rule number three, not a word.
0: That makes 19. Said Sim as he hobbled onward toward the caravan. Allie shook her head and raised her shoulders, counting back on their conversation on her fingers as she followed him.
2: Excuse me!
0: Hollered Sim, approaching the caravan, waving his hand in the dawning light. The thunderous stomping of horse hooves halted as the leader of the caravan raised his hand. He turned his attention toward Sim and Ali, and he whistled loudly for the five men closest to him on horseback to follow his lead. The small squad broke away from the large caravan, their bronze armor shimmering in the silvering morning sunlight as they rode hard to meet Sim and Ali before they could come any closer. Sim turned to Allie. Remember, not a word. Allie nodded and made a gesture of zipping her lips closed.
3: Hold there!
0: The leader of the pack shouted as he towered over them on his gray horse. The five men circled Allie and Sim, their spears drawn and ready to strike. Allie could hear the man's words being translated into her right ear almost perfectly, while his spoken words sounded alien in her left.
3: State your business!
0: Ordered the leader, looking down upon them. Dark, sleepless bags ringed his eyes as his light brown hair blew in the desert wind.
2: "'We are only travelers searching for our companions, sir,'
0: said Sim with his hands in the air. Allie did the same with a smug face, still excited and baffled that all this was playing out before her like a Greek play.
3: "'Companion? By what means does one lose a companion in this barren wasteland? Explain yourself!'
2: We come from far away in search of our lost companion who wanders without sanity of mind. We were given the task to see their safe return,
0: replied Sim. Allie glanced over at him with her brow raised. Sim had told the man the truth, which she hadn't expected. The question was now whether or not he would believe him.
3: What is your occupation?
2: A scholar? A prophet? Or perhaps a liar? Only a man tasked with helping those in misfortune. Not by choice, but for honor. Misfortune? Perhaps
3: you are the one who brings this misfortune to our lands. Perhaps ridding the world of you two would be doing a service.
0: Another rider approached them.
3: Padicus! silence your tongue before I part
4: it from your mouth. I will not warn you again.
0: A man perched on a lavishly decorated and armored horse swept toward them. His long hair was a dark, dirty blonde, and his eyes a light bluish green. He spoke with a ruling and commanding presence over everyone.
4: I will not tolerate hostility toward travelers in my lands.
0: My
3: lord, may I politely request you stay with the men,
0: said Perdiccas as he bowed his head.
3: No. You lost your title as my
4: ambassador after you battered that poor woman along the road who was asking for coin. Your words being disgraced to my generosity.
0: Said the commander.
5: What plague does Perdiccas bring upon us now?
0: Said another tan-skinned man with short, dark hair as he rode up.
3: A plague of death upon you, Ptolemy, for insulting my authority.
0: Spat Perdiccas.
3: Enough!
4: I will not have my two arms fight amongst each other
0: shouted the commander
3: now sheath your words both of you but my lord they could be here to kill you
0: very little would be
4: gained by my death now besides i would thank them for offering such kindness as we embarked on our journey to the afterlife together
5: please don't
0: say such words my lord replied ptolemy he lowered his head in grief
4: Tis true "'Little is left for me but hope of life in Elysium. Now, nah, enough of this dreadful talk.'
0: "'The commander with blonde hair kicked his horse "'and made his way closer to Sim and Allie. "'He looked down at Allie as she tried desperately not to make eye contact. "'The men all lowered their spears. "'Sim and Allie rested their arms back down at their sides. "'I wish to know what this beautiful flower is doing so far away
2: from water. "'She is my sister, my lord.' A mute since birth,
0: said Sim. Allie looked over at Sim, wanting to punch him in the shoulder. A mute. Sad. I'm sure
4: whatever voice the gods blessed her with in that case was so alluring, Aphrodite was jealous enough
0: to take it for herself. Allie's face turned red at the compliment. She tried her best not to make a sound.
3: Tell us, from which lands do you come in search of this missing companion?
0: Asked Perticus, perching his fingers along the hilt of his sword. Allie looked over at Sim, expecting him to give another smooth response. Where we come from. Sim stopped mid sentence. Allie could see the worry build on his face. He was desperately trying to name a place, but he had no names in mind. A drop of sweat rolled down his sideburn. Allie wondered whether he was sweating from the sun shining on his face or the tight spot he was now in.
1: Athens, my lord.
0: Said Allie, breaking her silence, feeling guilty for putting Sim in their current situation. She could now see he was a smooth talker, but not a very good liar. The men surrounding them laughed (laughs) to themselves. By the
5: God's grace, she is the most talkative mute I have ever heard.
0: Ptolemy chuckled. Sim looked over at Allie with wide eyes, his jaw tightened. (laughs) Or perhaps my own presence is enough to stir
4: even the most silent into an uproar, replied the man with blonde hair. Either way, I feel overjoyed to meet my own people so far away from home.
0: What is your name, child? Allie looked back over at Sim, wondering what to say. His gaze now told her to finish what she'd started.
1: Artemis, my lord, and this is my brother, Cyprus,
0: said Ali, desperately pulling Greek names from her mind in hope they would seem legitimate. Artemis?
4: Bearing a name of a goddess would explain why you were left a mute. The question now is why she
0: let you speak.
1: I asked my brother to speak on my behalf. The sight of seeing my lord in the flesh silenced my voice.
0: She replied. Sim looked up at the man and shrugged in agreement. He was surprised how gracious Allie was in conversation, but he still expected things to turn ugly at any moment. The men all (laughs) laughed again.
4: Well, let your voice
6: be heard, then,
0: said the man. Tell me,
6: do travelers such as yourselves always wear bloodied robes?
0: Asked a man with short braided hair sitting next to Perticus. He pointed down at Sim's leg with his spear. Sim looked down and noticed his leg had now bled through his pants and robe. I was... Replied Sim, trying to conjure up an explanation.
1: We were attacked by raiders, no more than two days ago.
0: Raiders? Asked the man with blonde hair, his face now serious. He waved Perticus over to him. Perticus rode over to his lord's side.
4: Perticus. ''Send out a battalion. I want those raiders found. I will not have travellers being attacked in my lands.''
0: ''Yes, my lord,'' replied Perdiccas in an irritated tone.
5: ''The men are tired. Let them rest before you send them out on this proposed raider hunt,''
0: requested Ptolemy. ''No. I will not
4: tolerate barbarism, especially those preying on victims so close to home. They must be brought to justice.''
0: Ptolemy looked Sim and Ali in the eyes, sizing them both up with a single stare. Why would raiders attack a man and
6: woman, only to leave the woman untouched? Said the man with
0: braided hair.
1: My brother hid me from the raiders, sir, while he fended them off. Unfortunately our horse was killed in the attack.
0: Said Ali, coming up with a quick lie. Perticus turned his horse around and began riding back toward the caravan.
5: "'He must be a skilled warrior. A rather experienced one, too, having only sustained a leg injury,'
4: said Ptolemy. "'Leave them be, Ptolemy. We've asked them enough questions. The city awaits, and they wish not for any further
0: distractions,' said the man with blonde hair.
3: "'Sorry,
5: my lord. I do not trust them, is all. You're a great scholar and a dear friend,
4: Ptolemy.' But leave the judgment of character to me. Now, as token of my generosity, would you care to ride with us? Perhaps we can help you find this lost companion of yours. A humble welcoming gift and
0: apology for your long journey. No, my We w-
1: would love to,
0: said Allie over Sim. Sim looked at her with a displeased expression. Allie ignored his stare. Wonderful. Artemis, would you care to ride at my side? asked the man, holding his hand out to Ali. She felt mesmerized by his eyes and charm, and took his hand without hesitation. Sim continued to stand idly, watching her hop up onto the horse to sit in front of the man, his arms wrapped around her sides, holding the reins. selicus
4: bring Cyprus a horse. The man has already suffered enough walking for a
0: lifetime. The man with braided hair who had brought Sim's injury to everyone's attention whistled to the caravan and waved. A soldier rode over, leading another horse by the reins.
4: Come now, let us ride. I grow impatient to see home. Telecus, help Cyprus on his steed, and let's be on our way.
2: No, no, I'll be fine, my lord. Thank you.
0: Said Sim as the soldier handed the reins to him. Sim hobbled alongside the horse and hopped on with one swift jump, appearing unaffected by his injury. You're a strong man, unshaken by what
4: ails you. I only wish my men could be so sturdy,
0: said the man with blonde hair, jokingly. Sim gave him a pathetic (laughs) laugh, pretending to be amused. Come, onward, shouted the man as he led the group of horsemen back toward the caravan. Allie sat perched on the front of the maple-colored horse, her back resting against the man's finely decorated chestplate. Sim rode behind them with Ptolemy at his right, feeling more and more irritated with Otto's plan. The sun was now fully shining in the morning sky, and the grand walls of Babylon grew larger as they approached. As they drew close to the city, Sim scanned their surroundings to make sure no one was watching him. He lifted his bracelet cover just enough to look at his watch and see the time. Fifteen hours and forty-eight minutes left.
5: How long was your journey from Athens?
0: Asked Ptolemy as Sims slipped the cover back over his watch.
1: Two months, my lord.
0: Said Ali. Ptolemy nodded with a look of astonishment.
5: Impressive. It took us far longer.
0: Indeed.
4: However, they did not have that coward Darius standing in their way.
6: May he wander Hades for eternity, mocked for his cowardice.
1: How long have you all been away?
0: Asked Ali, her curiosity growing. She reached forward and began petting the back of the horse's head.
5: Far too long.
0: Long enough to know we are meant to return home. Said the man with a mellow voice. He leaned to one side of Allie and noticed his horse seemed to lift his head back further for Allie to pet. Allie patted the soft-coated steed on the mane gently. He likes you. He said to her with a smile.
1: He's very beautiful.
0: She replied, sitting back upright. Oh, Bucephalus has a resilient soul.
4: He and I have traveled rather far together. Sad to say, his days are numbered,
0: as are my own. Allie thought for a moment. The pieces of a hidden puzzle began to slip into place in her mind. She had heard the name Bucephalus before, along with the names Ptolemy, Seleucus, and Perticus, though only now did she realize where from. Allie's voice softened with shock.
1: You're Alexander the Great,
0: she said under her breath. The Great?
4: Such a title sounds far too heroic to describe me.
0: Replied Alexander.
5: The Great Alexander. I would say it is a title well suited to you, my lord.
4: Replied Ptolemy. Flattering, Ptolemy. But a king who turns away from his destiny and place in history is not worthy of such an honourable title.
0: Greatness is to be left to those of noted worth. Ali turned her head and looked at Sim, expecting him to be just as shocked and surprised as she was to be in the presence of the historical king. But Sim sat on his horse, listening to the conversation with an annoyed expression, unmoved by the moment. She turned back around and shook her head in disappointment. As they drew near to the outer city walls, the large, wooden gates to the city creaked open. Alexander closed his eyes and took in a deep breath. Sad as I may be, it is good to be home. He said. The gates opened slowly with the clamorous sounds of the city beyond them. People stood at the roadside near the front gate, waving palm leaves through the air as they cheered, welcoming them home. Allie gazed at the city that surrounded her with a large smile on her face. The stone buildings towered over her as people waved at her from every window. Ally waved back, feeling like a queen. Sim did his best to give a smile every now and again, not enjoying the attention one bit. The group made their way up to the center of the city toward the garden palace, across a large central stone bridge, ultimately stopping to be greeted by a large audience of people all dressed in their finest robes. The crowd bowed to the travelers and offered up bowls of lavish foods and flasks of wine. Alexander stopped his horse in front of the Hanging Garden Palace. Ali stared up at the garden, observing the plant life that grew wildly all around its stone walls. Like giant stairs reaching to the sky, each step flowed with trees all the way down to a moat that surrounded the luxurious palace. Ali took hold of the servant's hand waiting to help her down from the famous steed. Alexander dismounted his horse and handed the reins to a servant waiting near the stairs.
4: Cyprus, Artemis, I would humbly request your presence at our feast tonight. Your company is most welcome at my table,
0: said Alexander.
1: We would be honored, my lord,
0: replied Ali with a huge smile on her face. Excellent. Seleucus? Yes, my lord. Replied Seleucus, walking over to Alexander.
4: Take Cyprus and Artemis to the market uh, to buy aid for his wounds and any other supplies they may require. Inform the merchants that the wares will be paid for by me personally.
1: Thank you very much, my lord.
0: Ali replied as she clasped her hands together in gratitude. It is my pleasure. I will have my men
4: on alert in the streets in search of your missing companion and hopefully have news for you later
0: this evening.
1: Your generosity seems to know no bounds, my king,"
0: said Ali, blushing. Sim rolled his eyes as he hopped down from his horse. Crippled by the pain in his leg, he stumbled to the ground. An older man reached down and grabbed him by the arm. The man helped lift him to his feet. Sim bent down and brushed the dirt from his robe, then stood back up and looked at the man.
2: I can handle myself.
0: Thank you
2: very
0: much. He stopped and stared at the man before him with a sudden, curious fixation. The man's face was covered by a thick sash wrapped around his head and mouth, but his pale blue eyes could be seen vividly in the sunlight, staring back at him. Sim looked at the man, stunned and in disbelief, He stared into the man's eyes, feeling his blood turn to ice in the desert heat as his breath escaped him. The man turned and casually walked away into the crowd of people surrounding everyone, without even taking a moment to look back. Sim just stood idle, staring at the crowd until he lost sight of the man. His heart was stopped by the chill of seeing a familiar ghost in the flesh before him.
1: Se- I mean, Cypress, come on,
0: said Allie. She patted him on the shoulder trying to get his attention. Sim turned and looked at her, his face white and lost in the moment. Allie and Seleucus stood looking at him, waiting for him to respond.
1: Hey, are you all right?
0: F- fine. I'm fine. Let's go, Sim replied, shaking off the feeling questioning if what his eyes just saw was simply a mirage. Yet, he would never be sure. Ali and Sim wandered through the streets of Babylon, packed with merchant stalls and shops as they were pervaded by the sounds of shouting salesmen. The smell of incense, cooked food, and rancid meat lingered in the air. Seleucus walked behind them, seemingly unamused with each step. Both Ali and Sim pretended to browse each of the shops, unsure of what to buy. Sim limped over to a small shop and pulled Ali alongside him, watching Seleucus over his shoulder. Seleucus stood at the entrance to the shop, scanning the crowd with his left hand tucked in his robe, and his right perched on the hilt of his sword. Watching Seleucus turn his back to them, Sim turned his back, pretending to look through the finely decorated pots sitting on a table in front of him. Allie stood next to him, looking through the pots and textiles on the table, genuinely interested in the decorations on each one. Allie turned and looked at Sim to see his lips pursed and his forehead scrunched. He stared directly back at her, scowling through his blue and brown eyes. What's wrong? She asked, looking through the pottery. What's wrong? You're what's wrong for a
2: start. Shh!
0: Allie replied, lifting a finger to her lips.
2: What's wrong? You did everything I told you not to do.
0: I told you not to speak, and you spoke.
2: I told you to follow my lead, and you did the exact opposite. I told you not to get involved in the affairs of this world, and you went out of your way to get us tangled up with a Roman emperor.
0: Sim replied in a softer voice.
1: King of Greece, actually. I guess he would be actually the king of Macedonia now as well, to be more specific.
0: Whatever. I don't give a flying fig. Replied Allie again, checking for eavesdropping ears around them.
2: I'm sorry, you looked like you were
1: having trouble back there, so I figured I'd help out.
0: Sim leaned in closer to her and glared. I've saved hundreds of people before you, and I've never needed anyone's help in the past year.
1: Sorry, I just figured it might not hurt to try things a different way for once.
0: Sim stared at her with a scowl. That's not how this works. This is exactly why I
2: don't socialize with people. Meddling with this world's timeline could have dire consequences on its future. For all we know, it could affect how long we have to find this person we're looking for. Oh, great Scott. What?
1: Nothing, it's just quoting a movie. Anyway, why did you bother taking my advice if you already knew what you were doing?
0: Sim fumbled around with his own thoughts asking himself the same question.
2: That's not the point. Look, if we're gonna get out of here and find the person we're looking for, we need to stop everything right now before we make things worse.
1: What about Alexander?
0: Asked Allie, lifting a pot off the table and pretending to look at the black lion painted on it. What about your Roman boyfriend?
1: He's Greek, actually. Will you stop it?
0: Sim replied in a hushed tone.
1: Sorry, but we could use his help,
0: she said, setting the pot back down on the table. Sim shook his head with regret for ever agreeing to go along with Otto's idea. Fine.
2: He can help us find the person we're looking for, but that's it. End of discussion. If we're lucky, we might make it out of here alive.
0: Sim looked down at his watch as he slipped the cover back off and on. We have less than 15 hours left.
1: All right, so let's find what we need and get out of here.
2: Well, I don't think there's anything here that can help me. But we'll have to buy something to make sure we don't look suspicious to this guy.
0: Said Sim, checking to make sure Seleucus was still standing at the entrance.
2: And from now on, no more meddling. Got it?
1: Got it.
0: Replied Allie with a reassuring nod and grin. (sighs) Now,
2: let's hurry up and buy something.
0: Said Sim. He began to stroll through the shop looking for something to buy. Allie began browsing in the other direction. Allie meandered back toward the entrance, looking through each of the wares for a bandage or cloth, something that might help Sim's leg. Approaching the table near the window at the front of the shop, she found a small oil lamp and began rubbing it playfully, wishing a genie would appear. Laughing to herself, she caught a glimpse of a bearded man dressed in grey robes, with a purple sash, approached Seleucus in the busy street out front through the shop window. She could hear their conversation from the opposite side. I've been looking for you all morning, the man said to him. Shh, replied Seleucus, scanning the crowd ahead of him. I've been preoccupied. Did you receive the letter?
6: Yes. And I think I have
0: exactly what you need. Allie set the oil lamp down on the table and stood on her tiptoes with her hands firmly placed on the table, peering out the window to get a better look at the mystery man. Above the sway of his robes, she noticed a faint, red burn scar on his neck, just below his chin. The man reached into his robe, pulled out a small, green glass vial, and handed it to Seleucus. Seleucus held it for a moment and looked through the dark glass at the clear liquid inside. What is it? Hmm, and The better
6: question is what it does. Very well, explain. Demanded Seleucus. Pour this into his wine, and a day later, a heat will swell inside of him hotter than the summer sun, that it will consume his body and voice, leaving him to rest with his eyes closed forever and no one will suspect it not a soul it'll seem like the gods themselves had cursed him most excellent can it be cured (laughs) not even orpheus himself could drag his soul back from death good it'll be good to be free from the once great alexander the council offers you their deepest thanks my friend
0: Ali lowered herself out of view of the window. With growing worry, she ducked down and shifted closer to the window to continue listening. Hmm, my pleasure. I assume
6: the payment will be generous? Yes, you'll have all of Greece in your debt. A king who forgets his loyalty to his own people does not
0: deserve to be king. Ali's breath quickened. She moved away from the window and shuffled her way back over to Sim's side. Sim stood browsing through the fabrics, looking for something to wrap his leg with. He noticed a pot of gray and silver powder on the shelf before him. He opened the top and sniffed the powder as Allie bumped shoulders with him. He turned and looked at her, confused.
2: What are you doing? Sim, we have a problem.
1: A big, really big problem.
2: Yeah. You're here. Tell me something I don't already know.
0: He placed the lid down on the table and took a handful of the powder in his hand, getting a closer look. He glanced over at her, still standing next to him looking nervous. Allie bit her lip with her upper teeth. <sighs> what have you done now? Sim asked, growing suspicious. Allie looked back over her shoulder to see Seleucus shake hands with his mysterious friend through the window.
1: Remember what you just said about no more meddling in affairs?
5: Hello, everyone. My name is Harrison Bullman. I'm the voice of Ptolemy from Sem Adventures Across Time. If you've enjoyed being on this adventure with us so far, please go check out our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash TS With your support, you'll gain early access to the next chapter of the book and a copy of the book itself. Your contribution helps bring together all the dedicated voice actors and artists from across the world, including myself, who put together these thrilling and inspiring audiobooks. All of us here in the World Between Worlds would like to say thank you for joining us on our adventures. I look forward to seeing you again soon.